That was when I was like, I'm going to pay off this debt. I'm going to apply to Miss Universe. I'm going to have something to strive for. Just having the next step was enough to be like a little light in what was quite a dark time for me. Welcome to this episode of the Maria the Till Show. I'm joined by my producer. (laughs) (laughs) After a really good start. After a great start. It's like the TED Talk's done. Now I don't have to speak with any level of like skill or anything. You've earned your eyes. Now I can just be, I can just fuck it up from this point because... That's it. Now well, let's fuck it up. Let's fuck it up. Well, I'm joined by my producer, Blake. Everyone say hi to Blake. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and Blake, I thought I wanted to tell you, Shannon and I were having this chat. So there's a story in my TED Talk where I was talking about how in 2020, the way I competed for Miss Universe from lockdown was by jumping on Instagram live every week for 32 weeks mm-hmm. and doing these little lives where I'd host these empowerment episodes. And I talk one week about race, one week about another topic to a live audience. And it's because I couldn't leave my house to go to events. I couldn't go to the gym. I couldn't get my hair done. I couldn't do anything. So I'm yeah. like, well, how am I going to show them that I'm here? I'm, I'm capable. I did that. Build your own stage. That's it. I built a virtual stage. And I was saying to Shannon, isn't it so freaking crazy that at the time when I was doing that, I had no idea genuinely mm-hmm. that one day I'm going to be telling the world this story on the TED stage. What the hell? Is that not insane? You never know in those moments, hey? No. Like something can seem so insignificant at the time, but it could also be a moment that changes your life. And you just never think that. You never know when... And there's like this moment in the TED Talk as well where a childhood photo flashes up of me and it's me in grade one or grade two. I never thought I'm going to be talking to an audience of 1,700 people and that photo is going to be up on the screen. Like, And my parents, like, they would never have looked at that photo going, look at our baby. Totally. She's going to be on the TED stage. The photo of them and I'm watching <gasps> your TED Talk, that like, it made my heart melt. You could see how proud they were, but... How are you feeling being where you are now, standing in front of that photo of young Maria? I think what it made me think about was how in some of these really hard moments, because my my TED Talk was essentially that, overcoming these hard moments. It's when we're going through these things where we think it's rock bottom, we have no idea Like one day you might overcome it and that might be something that you tell somebody else as their little survival guidebook. And this Mm. is how I did it. You don't know where it'll be. Like half of the hardest moments in my life have now made it into a Penguin published book. And I never would have thought that growing up or like when you're getting bullied or when you're in, you're having your heart broken and you're literally wallowing by yourself. You don't think one day I'm going to use this. And so for this episode, for anyone who's going through something tough or if you're you're having a bit of a rock bottom moment i want you to listen to this and not just take away from my story but if you are the stories that i'm going to share i got listeners to submit some and i want you to just know that if these people could find the gift of a lesson in their hardship so can you so the first story is something i was actually talking about with someone i know and you guys know her, her name's moana hope incredible woman and I think this story is probably like one of it's talking about one of the hardest things that any human being can go through and I was telling her that this was going to be the podcast episode I was talking about and she was like I think this is a great story to add and she was telling me how when she was about you know she was like a 12 13 year old kid 
her father passed away. And, you know, when he was on his deathbed, he was telling her all the things that he regretted in his life, maybe doing or, or, or not, not doing. And she was saying that despite, you know, hitting that low, she remembers having that conversation with him. And even at that young age, you know, her bright mind had the foresight to think, I am going to learn from this and I never want to live my life that way where I have regrets about anything. Mm. And I think if any of you know her and you see her life and what she's done and how she lives, that's how she lives unapologetically and she takes risks and she does things that make her happy. She lives to do the right thing by her standards and for her kids and things like that. And so I think despite hitting that rock bottom moment, she was able to see the gift of a lesson in as hard as this is, I'm going to take that, you know, my dad is divulging this to me and I'm going to live my life differently so that one day I don't feel this way. I think that's such a beautiful thing. How huge to frame it that way in the very moment as well. I know. At, at that age. Yes. Some people have to grow up really fast. And I just think it's a beautiful thing that she could tap into her resilience and get there. So it's, um, I thought that was a really beautiful story. And I wanted to share it with any of you. So for any of you who might be going through grief or loss, I think a really beautiful thing, like when my grandma passed away, it was so tough on our family. But I remember thinking, how lucky are we to have had the years that we've had with her to have learned and to have loved someone so much that it hurts this much. Mm. You know, it wouldn't hurt this much if you didn't get to experience love like that. I think that's so beautiful. Absolutely. And I lost my pop late last year. Oh, and as tough of an experience it was, it was actually very, I feel weird saying this, but it was kind of bonding for our family and it really brought us all together. And as unfortunate as it is, especially with death, I find that's when you hack it out and find the most valuable lessons mm. and probably the lessons that have been sitting in front of you and screaming at you for so many years, oh but you just God, choose yeah. to avoid them. Yeah. But in those moments, I think you have two options, right? You can either keep living the way that you had been living prior to a really big event or just taking in the moment when things are really fucking rough. Yeah. And choosing to let those lessons in mm. and I guess find the new you from this experience. Because yeah. sometimes in those experiences, you might inevitably just change or never be the same. Mm. But it's kind of up to you in a way to decide whether that experience is going to shape you negatively or mm. positively. I love what you just said about like, you know, sometimes we'll never be the same mm -hmm. and you get to decide. And I feel like for anyone who's going through like a rock bottom moment or whatever it is, one of the things I struggle with when I'm going through something tough, for example, is sometimes I initially get really afraid to feel. Yeah. And ironically, mm -hmm. there's a chapter in my book called Feel. And what you just said about there are things in life screaming at you. Actually, in the book, it says, your feelings, you know, are whispers um, or like hard feelings are whispers of the things inside you that need to heal. Yeah. And I get sometimes a little bit scared when I'm going through something to feel like the scary, uncomfortable, like the mm -hmm. sadness or anger or what I don't want to feel it. But it's like, don't run away from it, run toward it. And I think once you feel it, if something's going to change you, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And it's knowing like the point of living is you will keep evolving, you will keep changing. And I think fearing that is probably half of the anxiety and, and fearing that is probably half of the stress because I think once you sort of surrender a little bit to this is part of it, it's okay. Now, Maria, we've asked for some listener stories, but before we get into them, can you tell us yours? 
Well, mine's in my TED Talk. You'll listen to it. But I guess just to give you an overview, like with my TED Talk, they approached me and said, we'd love you to give a TED Talk. I'm like, cool, what's the topic? And it was actually called Tipping Point. Mm -hmm. And that is open to interpretation. And so I thought it's talking about tipping point, you know, when is change going to come? That's what they were asking about. And so I thought, well, I can I can talk to my lived experiences and talk about creating change, especially when you've been through some hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of took my, like a lot of the TED Talks were around AI and climate and sustainability, which is awesome. But we can inspire people with different stories. And so yeah. mine was more like social issues and, and personal and a little, it's entertainment. It was just, mm-hmm. it was a bit of everything. And it was also really honest about some really hard experiences. And I think for people who are familiar with me, like I've talked a lot about like say racism and struggling with my own identity in terms of growing up here and being closeted and pursuing a corporate career in HR because I thought that's what I had to do mm-hmm. and how it ended up in this point where like I was depressed I was broke in five figures of debt I opened my TED talk by saying I was broke in five figures of debt newly single closeted working in a job that I hated and I had just moved back home with my parents like it literally felt like what the hell am I doing mm. um, and I just didn't I was like 28 at the time and just thinking where do I go from here? Like, I, I don't know how I've gotten to this point, but I'm really unhappy. And I think it was starting to unpack all those like tough experiences that I had. But because I kind of let my life just go, stuff it, this is where I'm at. I'm going to just hit this bottom and feel it. Yeah. That was when I was like, all right, well, where do I go from here? I'm not going to keep sitting and wallowing. I let myself feel and I'm like, I'm going to pay off this debt. I'm going to apply to Miss Universe. I'm going to have something to strive for. And when I applied to that, I think I only thought I was going to, my ambition was, I just want to make it to national finals and get to do Mm -hmm. everything. And, you know, but it gave me something to strive for. And even though I didn't know I was going to win Miss Universe and in two years have this career and life would be turned around, just having the next step was enough to be like a little light in what was quite a dark time for me. Do you feel like when you've hit those moments, like you don't need to have it all figured out. It's just knowing like what is something I can do right now? And that's enough. Yeah. And I've had a few of those moments. And every time I end up in a scenario or situation like that, I always just see it as a blank canvas. Yeah. I love that. I can just completely restart. Yeah. And, and that's, that's so what exciting. it is. I think it's fire in your stomach, right? You get to create the life that you want. A hundred percent. And what you said about a blank canvas, I think one of the things I say in my book, Unbounded, is when, and I feel like this is my spiritual beliefs coming in, Mm. but it's like, sometimes I think when everything in your life is in flux around you, like it's chaos. Yeah. Like for me, I hit that point and it was like, work was shit. My -hmm. financial situation was really bad. Going through a breakup, suddenly I'm not living where I was living. I had to move back home. It's like everything that could just not be going right was not going right. And I think when you have those moments, it's like, I don't know, I feel like call it the universe, call it source, call it whatever you want, but something is preparing you for a change. And it's like, you've got to get uncomfortable. 100%. And that uncomfortable, like that feeling, I think it's like a tasty little clue that Mm -hmm. you're on the cusp of something. And that's a really beautiful way to think of those moments. It's like... Okay, why am I uncomfortable? What needs to change? Mm-hmm. So I've got some stories from people. I'll share them with you, and I think they're they're different. It's it's different rock bottom moments for some of from some of my listeners, and it's talking about personal life. It's talking about work, and I think you know I hope that you who's listening right now, I hope you see yourself in it. And if anything, 
you know, you know that if they could move past it, so can you. All right. Story number one, having a poor performance review at work, it destroyed me, but I'm so good at my job right now. And I asked this person, I'm like, okay, like, tell me why did that affect you? And and why was it so hard? And what did you learn from it? And she said, I've always prided myself on being a really hard worker. I've always been really good at school, really good at work. It just felt like such a slap in the face to hear I wasn't doing well and to feel my self-worth diminished at work. And I literally bawled my eyes out. I wanted to quit my job and start fresh somewhere else. But I decided that my desire to prove my boss wrong was stronger. It taught me to be able to handle negative feedback, not take it personally and tie it in with my self-worth. It kicked me into gear and made me seek out more feedback on what I could do better. And I worked on those things. A year later, I was handpicked for a promotion. In a different job interview, I was asked if I'd ever received a negative performance review. It was awesome to be able to be honest and say yes. And that's how they'll know I'll be a good worker because the same person who gave me the poor performance review will be the first person to give me a stellar reference now. I now Mm -hmm. work in a really high pressure job and nothing phases me. If I get something wrong, I apologize and move on rather than being hard on myself. A friend had her first negative feedback the other day and said to me, she knows she can handle it and pick herself back up because I did. And that's how I know it was a great lesson. I love that. Isn't that, like, I just felt like a mom just listening to that, like, go, you bloody good thing. Isn't that amazing? I know. And it is so hard not to take feedback (laughs) personally. I know. I've actually been there. So when I worked in corporate, I remember, and now with my psych, I'm unpacking this, you guys, (laughs) (laughs) but because she's touched on it. She's talked about how one of the things she did when she really let it affect her was it affected her sense of self-worth. And I, for a very long time, tied my self-worth to how successful I was. And before media, it was like, am I kicking goals in my corporate career? So I was like, always wanting to make sure my managers and like the executives were like really happy with what I was doing in the office. And I remember when, you know, there are some things that I'm just not good at. Let me just tell you all like for a minute, I'm good at the creative stuff. But when it comes to data and analytics mm, and boring, like, I mean, <laughs> it's great if you can do it, but yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not good at that. And I, there was a, I remember I was trying to move from talent acquisition to HR generalist work. And I had to do a lot of that stuff and I wasn't good at it because numbers I've now learned. It's actually a thing like my brain. I just struggle with numbers. Yeah, That's fine. We all have our strengths. But at the time when I got that negative feedback, I literally thought like I just wasn't good enough. And it was like, oh, my God, this is going to compromise me being able to have this job. Am I not good enough? Because you tie it into your self-worth. It's really freaking hard to be told that you're not performing. But, you know, I think like, you know, this person, they ended up using it to, okay, how do I show them that I can be better and improve? And for me, like a big lesson was I don't actually have to be good at everything. And one thing I need to learn is what am I good at? What am I not? And play to my strengths. And also acknowledging what you are worrying about, because probably to your boss back in the time, they probably didn't know that you were struggling with numbers or you had this preempt idea that you weren't the best at it, right? So (laughs) you were putting the weight of that on top of the feedback that you're receiving and it's going to hit you like a truck, right? It did. It (laughs) did. And I found it really difficult when I was like, why am I not pleasing them? And, And it really affected the way I saw myself. Yeah. So I think when it comes to like the workplace, I think it's so important to not tie in your entire self concept Mm -hmm. into your output. So I think a really good lesson there is when you're hitting that rock bottom in your work life 
if it's negative feedback, see if there's something you can do, but also know that this doesn't inherently affect your worth as a human. Mm. Like you are more than your productivity output. So this is from another listener. And she has said, when I was 17, I was at the lowest point of my whole life. I wasn't going to school. I couldn't leave my bed. My cat that I'd grown up with had just died. And the grief of that on top of clinical depression was too much for me. Frankly, I was ready for the end and I was pretty done with life. But there was one day when I had come home after being in the mental health ward that I sat down at my desk for the first time in years and wrote everything that was hurting. And I must have filled up almost all of my notebook. By the time I finished, my hand was so sore and there were tears everywhere. It was like a scene out of a teen movie. Lol. I remember feeling so free after that. Like, yes, all these bad things were still in the back of my mind, but writing them down and writing how they made me feel somehow put it all into perspective. I started to then write what I was grateful for, and I started seeing all that I had and how lucky I was to have a family who loved and supported me. Since then, there have been hard times, but I always find myself asking, could this be work? And the answer is almost always yes. I guess what people should take away is that there is light at the end of the tunnel, and all you have to do is make it to the next hour, then the next day, then the next week, and before you know it, you're living again. Wow. Oh my God. That made me smile. I know, me too. That was beautiful. It's so funny that in those moments, sometimes you can be lacking the motivation or the drive to, you know, pick yourself up Mm. because of ABC reasons, but one day you just find it. And I think it's exactly that. It's what we were just saying before. It's when you're in those moments where it really does feel like everything's too much, Mm. It's just get through to the next hour. Yeah. You know? And I've never heard that before. I love that analogy. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that particular listener, by the way. I recognize their name from my DMs and I've met them. They've come to some of my book talks and things. And I just think they're the most beautiful human. So that was really nicely articulated. This next one's good because I think a lot of you will relate to this. She said, I broke up with my boyfriend of five years and the lesson is listening to your heart is brave. At the time, the thought of ending this relationship brought me so much anxiety. I was already deeply depressed and anxious because my body was screaming at me that this person wasn't the one for me. I deserved the best and he stopped putting in the effort for so long and it just hit me that I needed to move on. However, it brought me anxiety to end because I didn't want to hurt his feelings and I'd grown close to his family and we had the same group of friends. It was terrifying. It took me four months of healing through therapy, hypnotherapy and energy healing to be brave enough to make a decision that was rooted in love. Why love? Because if I stayed with him, I was preventing him and myself from finding the love of his life and evolving. This is a lesson for me because I no longer feel the need to people please. Being selfish is actually selfless. I can voice my feelings and stand up for myself. I was really afraid too of what everyone else would think. Another big lesson was that I'm allowed to change my mind whenever. I'm allowed to be whatever I want to be. You cannot label me into one box. I'm not just going to feel responsible for someone else's fears and insecurities. It truly taught me the significance of freedom. And I need to add that what's waiting after overcoming the thing that you fear the most is actually something amazing. Yes. Oh my God, I loved that. So it's like I was in that situation and I remember the anxiety of hitting that bottom of your body knows, you know, but your whole life all of a sudden is connected and it's this and it's that and it's whatever. And that was my experience a couple of years ago. It was my experience very recently. And when I was going through a breakup, I think the thing that I found really tough was it's like all of a sudden people know and your friends and family are involved and this Mm -hmm. and that and the other, but it's like your body knows, you know, and you're not happy. And for a long time, 
you sit on that unhappiness because you're so scared that everything's just going to implode if you listen to yourself. And I think one thing I've always learned when I've, you know, each time I've been in that situation, it's been two times and I followed it. I've always ended up happier. Yeah. And same here. And it's been hard initially. Totally. Before you get to that point, it's not like happy days. Like you've mm-hmm. got to hit a really low point and there will be some tough things to navigate. But it's like having that, you know, in the interim as you transition versus the rest of your life living yeah. in regret. Humans are wired for this, right? We're wired mm. to run towards pleasure and yeah. run away from pain. Yeah. But you're literally like you are not living if you are not experiencing the full spectrum of emotions. And so many of us spend a lot of time running away from pain and heartbreak and loss and grief and tapping into any hurt that we're experiencing. I think a lot of us spend a lot of time running away from it. But when we block our negative emotions, I think we also start to unhealthily regulate our emotions and we end up learning how to block the positive too because we're not having an authentic experience. An, ex- an authentic experience, I hate that word, mm-hmm. but an authentic experience is, it's not always going to be high. No. And if it is, it, it loses its magic. Yeah. You know? So. And beyond all of that, when you're ignoring the signs or you're holding things off and pausing things, that's when the body starts to react. And, yeah. you know, we have these breaking moments where our body's screaming at us, but... Yeah. They start as whispers and they're only going to get louder and louder and louder until you hit that tipping point. Mine did. Mine did. It started Mm. off with when I like have been in situations where relationships needed to end, it starts off with my libido completely going. Mm. I just can't bring myself to have sex. Um, And then it's like if you continue to ignore it, you continue to ignore it, my anxiety gets really heightened and suddenly it's like it manifests in mental health issues, it manifests in getting physically sick and it's like, is a lifetime of that yeah. <laughs> worth avoiding pain in this period to make sure that you're living a life that's actually aligned to what you want? No, it's not. Yeah. And I've got actually my own story to actually Do you? add to that in a way. Tell us. So I came out at around 21 and I can't answer if I always knew, but there was an inkling and there were whispers, as I was saying before, and I put that off and just kept ignoring it kept pushing it down and it hit lockdown and I actually went for a walk with a boy Mm. and he kissed me and it was great in the moment. But after that, I was just like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. And after that, I stopped talking to the guy and I just found other problems with myself. I said, no, you've got to lose weight. You've got to do this. And I just kept picking at myself and ignoring the actual problem that Mm. I had been avoiding for close to decades. Mm. And so I started excessively working out. I was going to the gym 10 times a week. I was eating one meal a day. And then one morning I woke up and it just felt like I'd been hit by a truck. Yeah, I had the worst fevers. I could barely walk. And I actually got admitted to hospital where, and it turned out it was severe dehydration among a lot of other things. And I was just in a terrible state. I'd never been skinnier. I was the lightest I'd ever been. And it was actually the nurse when I was in hospital, she just said, what's going on? And I was just shell shocked that she even clued in that maybe it was a bit more than my body. Mm. And I tried to avoid that conversation, but 
she said, I don't know what's going on in your life, but your body is decaying. It's not good. You need to address everything and start changing. And I think after that moment, it was my first time in hospital. And I think when I was in that hospital bed, I was like, what have I done? Mm. Like, this is all self-induced. So I guess I literally walked out of that hospital and I just thought... I'm going to figure this out. And I didn't think that it'd be perfect straight away. I didn't even know what I had to do, but I just said, I need to start making these changes and accepting who I am. I love that. And that's what it took. And that's what it took because, and that's so brave. Mm. It's so, so brave. And I'm sorry that it got to that, but it's incredible that you were able to recognize that and go, well, this is a call to action. And that's that it's, you got to that moment that it's like, shit that would have been I can't even imagine what that would have been like and having to confront and being and coming even to terms with the fact that this is more than just a physical thing totally that's not easy no it's it's not but it's it's incredible that you've turned because look at you now like look at your life like you're you're here you're working you're amazing you take care of your mental health you have a partner that you love who's amazing and it's just because you had the courage to move past that moment yeah and I'm so grateful I did and yeah now, if I am ever in a position to give anyone advice, I just push them so hard that way. And obviously, yes, you need yeah. to protect yourself and yeah. do these things at the right time. But just my life back then to what it now, became, it's different lives, different 100%. people. I am not who I was at all, but it yeah. was like the rebirth that I needed. And yeah. I just pinch myself every day, really. Yeah. Even though it literally just took me admitting that, I love the same love yeah. guys. Um, and that, it's not even like, it's like, that's an, a beautiful thing that you did. And yeah. it's not, and it's not easy. Like it's, I'm sure there were a number of factors, which is why it took you time to come to that. And yeah. that's, it's just beautiful that you did. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Well, I think like some of the things that are just coming through again, like if you're listening, I hope this is making you feel hopeful that if you're going through something yourself, there is purpose in it. And listen to the whispers, as mm-hmm. Blake and I have said, and it will never lead you astray. So I think we have time for one more. So someone submitted their rock bottom moment, which they ended up learning from, was not allowing themselves to have a life outside academia. And I think this mm. is – I relate to that because when I was studying at uni, I did that and it really affected me negatively. But for anyone who – you're consumed by your work, you're consumed by study, you're consumed by it. And because I think for your health, health overall, it is so holistic, you know, having a social element and and good relationships in your life and making time for other things that's so important to your health. So I think there will be a lot of people who relate to this. But this person said, I grew up in a low socioeconomic family and my parents had to start from scratch when we moved to Australia. Although it was tough, and I was determined to succeed and make it big. Unfortunately, attending a public high school with a poor reputation made me a target for bullies who looked down on me for not attending a Catholic private school like our Filipino family friends. Despite this, I worked very hard and I sacrificed my relationships with friends, families and hobbies, literally everything that didn't relate to school in order to get into a top university and find a high paying job. However, I now realize that success is not just about working hard and getting good grades. Having a support system and being surrounded by people who believe in you is equally important. Despite the challenges I faced, I'm grateful for my experiences. They've shaped who I am today. I still love academia, but I also have a balanced life that includes creativity, passion, love, and self-care. Looking back, 
because I was so focused on achieving academic success that I neglected so much of other important aspects of my life, I didn't fully appreciate the value of having a support system and engaging in hobbies and things that brought me joy. However, through my experiences, I learned the importance of balance and taking care of my mental health. Success is not just about working hard and achieving accolades, but also about having a fulfilling life that includes relationships, hobbies, and self-care routines despite busy schedules and stressful exams and assignments. I hope my story can help others who may be struggling with similar challenges in your podcast. Love that. You will, baby. And I'll tell you why, because I'm currently going through this. It's really funny that this came up because a week ago I was having a moment, mind you, I'm getting my period any day now. So I think I'm I'm particularly sensitive. But I had a moment where lately, in recent times, been making time for things in my life that are not just career. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who is very, very ambitious and very driven. And it's all like work, 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 work. And my team know it. They're like, she will say yes. To, she's constantly working, constantly doing things. And I love it because it means that over the last two years, like some of the things I've been able to do in my career within two years, it's it, I know it's it's amazing and I'm excited about it. But in recent months realized that, you know, the things that I'm chasing, that success and the career highs, it's like, well, what does it all matter if you don't have certain things in your life? And I'm talking about love, I'm talking about family, I'm talking about time with your friends and, and hobbies. And it was actually my manager who asked me something like, when will it be enough? Like, when will you be happy with where you're at with your career? And I couldn't answer that. Yeah. And then I had um, someone else ask me, you know, what makes you happy? And beyond career stuff, I really struggled to answer mm-hmm. it. But I've been recently making time for, like I said, other things that have been bringing me joy and teaching me that life is so much more than the things we're conditioned to chase. And I feel like as amazing and fulfilling as my career is, and I'll never stop being that person, I'm slowly making room for a little bit more and it's been really fulfilling. And how exciting is it? Because you're learning more about yourself. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And what I loved especially about this submission is how she was able to separate academia to self-care, you time. You really do need to define these things in your life because they are not the same. No. And in order for you to bring your best self and the best you to your workplace, to school, wherever it may be, you need to be smashing out that self-care and you time and really Mm. prioritizing that. A hundred percent. And funnily enough, this episode is about hitting rock bottom, right? Mm. Or having really hard moments. Like career-wise, and, you know, this person gave everything to academia and got good grades to get into a top university and got the accolades. With me, I related to that because it's like I'm kicking goals in my career right now. Yeah. But are you happy? Mm -hmm. And I've had some really low moments despite being at the top of my professional game. Personally, it's like, oh, my God, I'm finding this really hard because it's like what else is there? And I think if you are in that moment, if you're listening and you're like, holy shit, I relate to this. I've invested too much in this and I've neglected this. It's never too late to sit there and go, okay, what am I missing? And you will, I think investing in you and love and life, that's never something you'll come to regret. No, never. Have you been there? Have you had that? I don't know if this is like too relatable, but I feel like as kids, we go through the whole education system I did all of it and I'm so happy I did, but it probably wasn't until like 
late uni that I was like, hey, I also have a life and yeah. not everything is about education and success and you're not tied to it. And that was really confronting for me. And it mm. came at a similar time to the story I told earlier. So you were realizing effectively, like whilst you were hitting that low point, that maybe you had bought into what success is and what happiness is and what you should be chasing, but it wasn't actually fulfilling you. Yeah, and I guess it comes to, and similar to how you were saying before, how people ask you about yourself outside of your career and you're just like, I don't know. shell you have nothing to say. It's like, I think I started tapping into the point that whenever I was catching up with someone or in a conversation, I'll just talk about work or something recent that I did around work mm. or success. And I couldn't even answer a question about myself yeah. or what I get up to outside oh of work. Oh my God, I know. Like that was my personality trait. But that's m- literally, yeah. but I guess like, to be fair, I don't want to invalidate that sometimes your work and life is so intense. Like sometimes I will have periods where I'm, it's so busy yeah. that it's a fair enough thing that all you want to do in your time off is watch Netflix or chill with your family and friends. Mm. But I do think it's important to like, make time for other things in your life, like relationships or hobbies. And, and mm-hmm. you're right. And I think it's a beautiful thing that you and I are able to continue to realize that in our lives. It's a juggling act as well. Like it's not easy to, yeah. you know, balance these things, but you really have to. Well, a hundred percent. And also just know that when you're trying to balance it, it might not be perfectly balanced, but if you're trying one foot in front of the other, like we said, just get to the next mm-hmm. moment and things will evolve. Because I started to do that, say, with dating. Like I remember thinking like, I don't have time for a relationship or this and that. And it's like yeah. you don't have to straight away be able to conceptualize how it looks, but just start yeah. making little room and before you know it, your life will change. Even with hobbies, okay, this is – I'm just going to put this out there because I want to keep myself <laughs> accountable while we're here. There are two hobbies I really want to make time for in 2024 while you're here. And you oh, might yeah. laugh at one of them, but I'm going to do it. Awesome. Okay, so because I don't make time for hobbies and I want to be able to have things that I just do for me, right? I really like painting. Mm-hmm. And I love to paint. So I was thinking I want to get like a nice canvas. And is it called an easel or is it an eel? I Easel, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quote us. Easel or eel? Is the S silent? Easel. Oh, my God. I called it an eel. I'm going to get an easel. But the second thing I want to do is... Don't laugh at me for this. And this is not just because I have a bit of a crush on G Flip and love their music, but it's because I grew up in a very musical family. Mm -hmm. I used to play piano, used to sing, and I've just lost touch with it. I freaking love the drums. Okay. And I'm going to try and take some lessons and just see if I can do it. My brother was a sick drummer growing up. He stopped. So maybe I've got it in me. I'm going to try. You've, you've said it out loud now. Yeah, I've said it out loud now. So you My only just... concern is that you were like the size of a drum set. You might be <laughs> like of the a stick. kid's one. Like... Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to do the classes. And if like I get way too many like hot lesbian drum TikToks where like mm. there are hot lesbians drumming and I now it's given me this Delulu that like maybe I can be that. You can so be. watch this space. I might become a drummer. We don't know. If not, I'm just going to do it for a hobby because it's fun. And on that note, I think that's going to wrap up this pod. But if you're listening, I want you to think of something that you're going through right now that might be really, really tough. And maybe it's something you can't see a way out of or you're thinking, how am I going to overcome this? And I just want you to know that one day this thing that you're living through 
you have it in you to not only overcome it, but I promise you one day you will be telling this to someone else as a story to inspire resilience because you have it in you to surmount this. And I'm proud of you. And I'm proud of everybody who submitted stories. Blake, you sharing. I loved us chatting. This was so much fun and we need to do it more often. We will do do it. One favor I am going to ask our listeners before we go. Mm. If you know someone going through a moment similar to this right now, send this episode to them. I I, I think you just need to absorb stories like this and hear other people's stories and it's really going to pull you through. Yeah, because sometimes we lose sight of that, don't we, when we're in the moment. It's like you forget that. One, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Two, someone else might have gone through something similar or something different, but you can take away something from it. And whatever it is, you will find the gift of a lesson if you're willing and we're sending you love and if you have anything to say you can write in any time this is the maria the till show i'm maria i'm with blake bye bye